Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. For the month of love that is known as February, I have decided to bring you a series of episodes about shipping. And I know what you're thinking. What do you mean? This is going to be about the nine-month cruise or the Titanic or both? No, I'm talking about shipping as in relationshipping. Within fandom spaces, fans often gravitate towards different couples. These can be canonical within series or couples that fans wish had got together. In this series, I'm joined by a selection of very special guests who will be telling us about their favourite fandom ships. Now that the admin is out of the way, I can introduce my first episode of the season and my very special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hey, I'm Liz, also known as Tribe Bohemian in the fandom. Pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you, but you're not just Tribe Bohemian, are you? You're one of the great voices of the Tribe podcast. Well, I mean, you said it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we got a great dynamic. Um, Conversations on Eagle Mountain is just awesome. I love it. I really love being on there and just, it's like talking with a group of friends who've been watching the show for 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) It's just great. Anyone listening who isn't familiar with the tribe, we're going to be able to do a breakdown of what the show actually is. So, I'm going to turn this over to you now, Liz. What is the tribe? Well, it was first introduced to me as something as simple as kids surviving in a post-apocalyptic world. And on the surface, that's exactly what it is. The adults are gone, and these kids have to make their way now in a broken world without all the handrails you know, we grow up with. But there are times it's much deeper than that. And I think that's what Ray was trying to create, something more. It, it, it has seen from the very start um, about just society in general and mm-hmm. how every young generation feels that you look at the elders and you're like, they're messing everything up. They screwed mm-hmm. everything up. You won't do the same. And finding on that way that it's a lot harder to make the world right, to make it a good place. To come together and the scene do the show. I, it's not just kids trying to survive, it's us, humanity, mm. trying to make sense what it is to be here and what's the right way to be here. Yeah. And I'd say if you're looking for genre, it's Mad Max meets Lord of the Flies meets that Antipodean, I'm lost and now I have to survive on my own. So it's a whole melting pot. Just a little bit of the CW thrown in there. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that they're really, really good looking. (laughs) Exactly. They're they're young, gorgeous people. I know. (laughs) And even the ones where they're like, oh, Ryan, he's not that hot. Ryan is hot. (laughs) If Ryan is not a real man, I will never meet one. I'm telling you. Daddy. (laughs) I'm going to be honest, right? 
what, at my school, boys didn't look like Ryan. <laughs> Maybe it's just a British thing. <laughs> but if he had been at school, nobody would have been going, oh my God, Ryan is the bottom of the barrel. You know, they'd have been going, uh, I wow. Know. <laughs> I think we can appreciate him because we're not 14 years old. He is my boo. I will defend him to the end. If he's wrong, I'll call him out. But mm. very rarely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have actually called you not to discuss the lovely Ryan, but to discuss Lex and Tysan. So, <laughs> <laughs> So, I thought we'd go into it, first of all, by looking at them as individuals. So I'm going to open it up. Let's just talk about Lex, who is played by the fabulous Caleb Ross. Oh, my goodness. Caleb Ross. He ate this role up. Mm. There's so many things you can say about Lex, but you can never fault Caleb's performance of him, ever. I think his performance makes Lex the compelling, interesting character he is. And I think that's the reason why his storylines, series two, series three, get more interesting because the writers know that he can act it. I agree with that. Okay, so the elephant in the room is what happens to his character in series five. Because I don't mind Uh series five. I think it was a kind of return to some form for the show. But I have to say, his character completely took a backseat and a dive. And really, although he's one of the core cast that are still in the series, because something we should tell the listeners is, in the tribe, people don't have very long life expectancies. Very true. I was going to say, I feel like Lex five becomes a slave to what made him successful in the first place Mm. the writers they recognize like lex is very popular and i think he's maybe the only character who's in every single episode of the show i think he is Um, and i think they fell into the trap of being afraid to change him by letting Mm. him grow into anything else Mm. and so he just ends up in this pattern of constant like he makes a tiny bit of progress and then just backslides it's like he doesn't learn anything he doesn't change he doesn't grow up he's just trapped in peter pan syndrome because Mm. they were afraid that if they let him grow or change he'd lose his appeal Mm. and in the end he did lose his appeal because he stopped being a person yeah just kind of became a character caricature of himself and i think he also falls prey to that flanderization you so eloquently said what the problem is and i think it also comes in where maybe you've got new writers on board and you give them a brief outline of the character and then they just play it at that one note and the fans remember the character as being one thing so that they don't change as you said and it's a shame because even you know when we first meet Lex, he had so many layers Mm. we were constantly learning something new about him seeing something new about him because no person is any one thing and it does it stinks knowing that they, they just gave up on that with him. Part of me wonders if they'd actually, by the end of series four, without the progression as you say, if they'd had taken him as far as he could go. It is possible. I often think that maybe Lay's arrival had something to do with it. Yeah. Because Lay became the perfect epitome of what Lex and Bray was just meshed into one person yeah he's the mysterious rogue he's cool he's handsome you don't always know if his motives are good keep secrets you know he's a bit of a you know a bit of a player but he's an honest one and at that point Lex starts to feel redundant 
next to a character like that. It's almost like Slade is kind of what I wanted to take Lex, the more mature version of Lex. Mm. And instead of picking Lex there, they just said, ah, they just threw their hands up in the air and made a new character. (laughs) (laughs) Too much baggage, forget it. (laughs) But if we go back to his high points, so we've talked about his low points in the series. But if we talk about the best writing for him, I've always thought that the best writing for him was series two. Agreed. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) See, this is why. (laughs) We're great minds. (laughs) He has such an emotional arc with the alcoholism, the death of his first wife, Sandra, and the journey that he goes on is so interesting and he gets into a place where basically no one wants anything to do with him apart from Alice and with her help he's able to right his ship. Classic self-destructive personality. Yeah. We get to literally watch him hit a brick wall Mm. and then lean against it, slither against it, try to pick himself up, crawl, fall. You know like we get to watch him like one of the few characters legit gets to respond to what's happening to him to Mm. feel it to have to crawl through the abyss of those kind of emotions at such a young age and with his personal baggage of how he grew up and they don't take any shortcuts it's challenging to watch him grow through this but it makes it all the more beautiful when he manages to get through it yeah, you know, and finds himself like I've been crawling and crawling, and holy crap, I got out of the hole. Mm. I, you know, I stopped looking at the top and I just focused on crawling, and here I am, I made it. You know, mm. we get to watch him do that and experience it with him. It's amazing. It's interesting because both he and Ebony, I would say, are the only two characters whose lives are improved by the virus because it gets ah. them out of situations that aren't good. So wild because I actually thought about that back in the fan fiction days that there are most of the characters the virus wrecked their world mm. and i was like why don't we see more characters whose lives for them the virus was a godsend because life had already sucked so much for them so losing all the adult structure that held them down wasn't that big of a loss no. but now that you pointed out i'm like yeah i guess it was that way for Lex and Ebony. <laughs> and i guess the only other one that it's that way for is probably the guardian and maybe ram yeah <laughs> ram say so the villains <laughs> the villains are like living I can finally just let my, my psychopathy run free <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the thing i really like about him is we're shown how good ebony is at reading people but when lex loses everything and he hits rock bottom, he drops some real truth bombs on people, which kind of tells you he could read these people from the start. He just didn't really bother. Lex has a really strong point of view. Mm. I I often notice a trick that the writers use whenever they need the characters to not do the best thing and put the words in Lex's mouth Mm. so that the kids would have a good reason for not listening to him. Like, he's making sense, but you're not going to listen to him because it's Lex saying words yeah you know and it's either because Lex is often a hypocrite or you know or he can't be trusted so um I notice that a lot whenever the character is about to do something really stupid like I don't know trust Jay and the technos and Lex is like uh what are we doing didn't he enslave half of our tribe everyone's like shut up Lex you're just jealous or whatever (laughs) (laughs) 
it's like, but he's right. <laughs> and that happens a lot. But yeah. it makes sense that the characters don't want to listen to him mm. because of their own issues with him. He calls it a lot of the time, long before it ever happens. He called the whole thing with Trudy. Being cynical is often born out of experiences. And so yeah. it kind of leans into, this is a boy who has had a lot of experiences in his life before the virus ever happened. Because for every time Lex calls out something correctly, like, and it's usually mm. a negative outcome, because yeah. Lex is expecting a negative outcome. Well, because he's a half-empty um, type. Right, and he has good reason for being that way, yeah. you know, in his defense. But he's just as often wrong when things mm. do work out. He's the first one to say it wouldn't, and then it does, and he's just like, well got lucky <laughs> <laughs> just such a fascinating character also before we move away from Lex the other thing I wanted to say was his wardrobe the thing we should say about the tribe for people listening to this I'm going to post images on Instagram so you get a feel of what they look like the tribe is I don't know how you want to describe their fashions it's complete freedom of expression yes just imagine like if you're a kid and you could literally wear anything to be whatever you want to mm. be. That's what it is. Mm. And in the earlier seasons, you can see that there's a lot of thought put into why this child chose to wear what they're wearing, mm. what it is they feel about themselves, what they want to express to the world, show the world. And I love Lex's wardrobe because it's so colorful and expressive in mm. ways that he doesn't allow himself otherwise so when we first meet him he's wearing mustard and khaki and red i believe yeah and a little bit of blue a little bit of blue yeah and that will come back and then in <laughs> series two we have what i'd like to describe as like a clan costume he reminds me of the early 90s cross color fad yes a lot of a lot of color blocking bright primary colors mm. a lot of patterns and just very interesting articles put mm. together it always looks good yeah, it really does look fantastic, but it's not what you'd expect someone with this personality to wear. No, you know, usually the anti-hero is very stoic and like their colors are muted or dark. Not Lex. <laughs> well, Lex does he use it with dark. Yeah, that's what I was going to but... say. He uses a lot of black. But the way he uses it, as you say, he'll put a slash of red on it, or he's got electric blue feathers in his hair. It's that chicken hawk syndrome. He's like, you are going to notice me. You're going to see me. <laughs> <laughs> Very important to Lex that you see him. The other first big relationship in Lex's life is with Zandra, his first wife. And she is a fashionista with this amazing pink and blue hair. And what I think is really interesting is that they do connect on a level of fashion because they both turn it out. And while they may not have a lot in common, they love to look good. They both have a thing about appearances. Yeah. It's about it's about playing the game for both yeah. of them when it comes to how we present ourselves to the world. And they are very, both of them are very fake it so you can make it. Be mm. what you want everyone to see you as. You know, they, they meet each other at that place that mentality and I think for the listeners if you want to imagine this couple as a footballer and his wife or two influencers who have gotten married it's that sort of vibe yes that, I think that that's cogent that works definitely yeah. so let's talk about Tyson who I have to say is my favorite character in the series there was a time she was one of my favorites too and gonna lie I love my I, and I still love her she's just you know not a favorite anymore but she was 
he was definitely. So let's tell the listeners a little bit about Tysan. If I were to try and sum up Tysan to somebody, I would say she is basically the cliche spiritual guru. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a little you know racist undertones of her being an mm-hmm. Asian character, some vague philosophy, a little bit you know. Um, but there's also way more to her than that because mm-hmm. she's I love Tyson, but she's a hypocrite. Like yes. that's kind of her journey, learning how to actually walk the talk. I always felt like Tyson grew up in some kind of situation where all this philosophical things were being spouted to her Mm. but they were just empty words and she's a child parroting them back into the world without understanding their meaning understanding the point of them you know so it's Mm. just something she has learned to say because it was said to her but I don't think it was taught to her in a proper way at all and that's kind of her journey learning how to actually put all these beliefs that she's told to have into actual action and watching her struggle with being she's cool she's aloof she's indifferent she is not the words she spouts people about what she's supposed to be and you have to watch her literally learn how to become what she says she actually is fascinating no i completely agree now i have this fan theory about tyson which is after the virus she had some sort of psychotic break and then <laughs> became this guru <laughs> and that every now and then her real personality occasionally asserts itself and as you said she is a hypocrite which I love I love a character that doesn't know themselves and she also doesn't realize that actions have consequences or more she doesn't she's indifferent to them she doesn't yeah. actually care if they don't affect her she don't give a crap exactly <laughs> She has to learn how to be a person, which is fascinating. And the person who kind of, the two people who teach her how to be a person is Alice and Lex. Exactly. I've always been a firm belief that uh, the change in Tyson comes from having someone genuinely love her and care for her and teach her what it is to be a friend, to be family, to love someone. Alice is so good. Tysan and it's just because Tysan saved her sister's life yeah. and she's just like I owe you and Tysan's just like oh thanks cool you know um I would have done it for anybody because I'm a great person <laughs> <laughs> and then Alice actually does it and Tysan doesn't know what to do with Alice's love in fact yeah. she gets to a point where she's angry at it frustrated mm. at it go away leave me alone but she's so used to people not sticking around not caring enough I don't think her parents were really I always envision them as being pretty distracted spouting pretty words but never actually living up to them yeah. probably over promising under delivering and I don't think the psychotic break theory is actually that far of the mark oh thank I you probably wouldn't yeah I probably wouldn't use those words but I can see a child in crisis latching on to this personality for some mm. form of control you know like, I'm not scared. I know what I'm doing mm. in this crazy world where mm. nothing makes sense anymore. And even though it's not really her, she is still a scared child. She doesn't know who she is or what to do. But if she wears this mask, it makes her feel better. Yeah. 
And I've kind of always seen their relationship, Lex and Tysan. Like, he's the boy from the wrong side of the tracks. And I've always kind of thought, like, as you said, Tysan seems to be a person whose parents probably weren't that present in her life. And they, she gives me, we go to the White Lotus for holidays vibe. Like, I think she was raised in quite an affluent background, but that she was lonely and they had a lot of money, but no real love in the house, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Opportunity was there, but growth as a human being, comfort, empathy, not. No. all absent. No. Because the other side of this is something that I, I often see on the fandom, which is people talking about Tysan and the antidote. And we should say, Tysan is the person who finds the antidote to the virus that killed all the adults and has started to kill the children. And she works up in the lab, and it's always used as if it's something really easy to do, but I think it speaks to how intelligent she actually is. And two things can be true at the same time. You can be a space cadet, but you can also be incredibly intelligent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, when she makes this antidote, she is incredibly like, look what I did. You guys couldn't find the answer, but I did. And I found it doing my creepy, weird ways that you guys all look down your noses (laughs) at. And now you're dependent on me to keep making it. (laughs) Yeah, and that's so good. That is what's really good about her character, because she is completely selfish and she will use that antidote as a way to get what she wants, even though she'd say, I'm the least selfish person here. I even give away my body for free for the help of the tribe. But that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) You know she was like, eh, it's a mild sacrifice. He's pretty hot. I want to know what that tastes like. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's the only real reason she completely went through it. Oh my god, she had... A, a scratched itch, as we all do as ladies. And she was like, you will do. <laughs> and I'm going to couch it in all this mysticism, just in case anyone calls me out on my bullshit. I'll say, no, no, I was doing it for the good of the tribe. <laughs> I will say, in Tysan's defense, she is well-meaning. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she's young. She's a young person yeah. who thinks she's got the answers. Like many young people, I have it figured out. Anybody can recall being a kid, looking at their parents, judging their parents for the decisions they made, whether or not it's justified, I don't know your situation. But I think we all can relate to feeling that that way Mm. at some point in our young lives. I know how to figure this out. I know I'm going to do it different. I'm not going to have the money problems you have. I'm not going to have the relationship problems you have. I'm not going to have as many kids, whatever it is you're judging your parents for. And having to learn the hard way that your parents weren't dumb. They're just human beings trying Mm. to make sense of the world. And that's Tysan. She is well-meaning. She doesn't want to put anyone in a cage. She doesn't want a throne. But she's a kid who thinks her way is the right way. And if you would just listen to me, everything would be great. Your life would be better if you would just follow what I think is right. You yes. know, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a there's a sinister element there. And it's kind of, it's the reason why I think she made a good techno. The reason why, the things you've just said, I am trying to help you. If you just follow my way, everything will be fine. 
I'm never going to get on board with Tyson being a techno. <laughs> sorry. Well, it's I'm so just, sorry, Tamsin. It's never I can ever totally see. Because she's obviously incredibly <laughs> intelligent because she was able to do the antidote, right? So if we say that they maybe select people to join the technos based on their level of intelligence, then it's obvious why they chose her. And then if they can reprogram her and strip her away of all of that uh, sort of baffling pseudo-religious imagery and iconography that she carries around with her, then what you've basically got is a very intelligent drone. And that's fine, you know, because they don't want them to be, they just want them to fit into the machine, don't they? And just bring their specialism to it. And I can totally see someone like Ram, who's got all sorts of conditions, thinking, actually, let's keep this one, because she found the antidote. So she'll probably be useful down down the road some point be willing to read someone's take on how that would work mm. and you know someone put i've read fan fiction i didn't agree with before that someone actually convinced me uh, to a point of view that's like oh i never thought this would work but you made it work so i'd be willing to see if someone could convince me that this could work but i personally can't see i stand falling that way um i know like before season three i definitely can't see her doing it because she was too damn prideful and stubborn yeah uh to fall in with that even if it was just because i don't believe in this i don't like this so i am going to dig my heels in and uh we see that with the chosen that you know how stubborn she could be even when it meant that her tribe mates weren't going to get food Mm. because she's like i'm not kneeling down to the guardian even though everyone's like tyson just get on your freaking knees we're hungry And she's Mm. just like, sorry, can't do it. My pride won't let me. I don't believe in that crap. Whatever. I didn't want anyone to be able to pigeonhole me into Mm. anything. I'm Mm. I'm a bit of a contrarian. And I just didn't want... The minute someone would be like, oh, you're like this, I would bristle against it. It didn't even matter if it was accurate. I just didn't like anyone putting me in a box. No, I'm not like everybody else. I am me. I am my own individual person. And you'll never truly know me. You'll never know me. (laughs) (laughs) But she's so good. She's got that in spades. Just when you think you know her, you don't know her at all. And it's what it's like how I think Lex's writing took a downturn. I think Tysan's writing, although it becomes more controversial, and we're going to get into why it's controversial around The Guardian, I actually think some of that was the most interesting writing around her because she was so conflicted because you couldn't pigeonhole what she was going to do next and because she made a choice that some people felt and in the fandom people hate her for the choice that she makes and we'll talk about that now the guardian and the choice that she makes not to go for his execution i used to hate this so much i I used to hate the whole thing not dealing with Guardian. They used to make me so angry. I didn't understand how Tyson could go from season one to just not caring how her actions affected people, not taking responsibility, how she might have hurt them or caused them damage, and dangerously spouting certain advice. Well-meaning as it was, it mm. was still dangerous and irresponsible when she did it because she's a freaking kid. And to suddenly being someone who's willing to put Everyone she's supposed to love in danger to protect this man. Like, Tysan, are you serious? 
Like, I don't understand how you cannot see his evil or understand that there's a line that must be crossed. Like, it's got to be, you know, and you are endangering everybody with what you're doing. I didn't understand how she could go from point A to point B like that. But after many years Mm. (laughs) of thinking about it, talking to people about it, I kind of wonder if it has to do with the fact that Alice never gave up on Tyson. No matter how much Tyson tried to push Alice away, she wasn't always nice to Alice. No matter what she said or did to Alice, no matter how hard she tried to push her away or bristle against her concern or her care, Alice didn't go anywhere. And Alice remained her friend after betrayal. But mm. I think being loved like that, and then also witnessing Alice didn't give up on Lex, and mm. Lex got past many of the demons. Ty Sam, remember, she did give up on Lex. She gave him two days to become a better person after she gave him therapy and realized immediately, oh, forget it. You're a waste of my time. There's no changing you. And then she witnessed somebody else get to him. I I when it came to the Guardian, she got in so deep. Not to mention she did trauma bond with him. Yeah. You know, and um I I I do get it now that I'm older and have lived a little longer and I see more and I understand a little bit more. But no, when I was in my twenties, I hated her too. I didn't understand this, right? <laughs> So I'm just going to put a little bit of my perspective. So I always agreed with Tyson's decision not to execute the Guardian. So I'm not sure whether that comes out of the fact that I live in a country where we don't have any execution. We haven't had that since the 1960s. But I kind of see the point of view of Tyson and Amber, which is if this is how you treat a mad person... You've got to be careful going forward. It's very easy just to string someone up from a lamppost and call that justice. But there are a lot of lampposts in that city and there are a lot of different perspectives. And once you start going down that road, where will it lead you? Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, I think my problem was how they came to the decision that he was too crazy. It felt... Well, I also think... think I've got, I'm going to say this as well. I was going to say this. I think the writing kind of does a nasty, it, it sort of rug pulls on you because the whole of everything is there leading you to believe that he has completely gone insane. I mean, he was insane to start with, but now he doesn't know what day it is or where he is or who he is. But then towards the end, after we've had Bray and Amber and Tyson stand up for this and the fact that they put their lives on the line basically to protect him and their reputations, the writers then say, actually, no, he was just faking the whole time. Right. I, I do think the writing failed the point they were trying yeah. to make. And so it does cheapen the decision they made and the, the, the validity behind the decision that Amber fan and Bray had come to by that rug. So it was a cheap shot and it makes them look stupid in retrospect when it didn't have to go down that way. So I agree with you. I, I, I think it has a lot to do with just, you know, jump scare writing yeah, rather than thoughtful writing. Yes. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer in power doesn't corrupt, but power reveals. Yes. That's lovely. I love that. <laughs> 
not going to put that on the t-shirt. Power has not corrupted me. It has revealed me. <laughs> exactly. If you give someone the power to do what they've always wanted to do, you will find out what it is they've always wanted to do. Yeah. And it gets dark and authoritarian. As we talked about Lex, we also need to talk about Tyson's amazing wardrobe because she brings the fashion. So I, I, okay, there are a couple looks I'm like, girl, what? <laughs> Her series two Most look. Most of them slay. Yeah. So series two is the best she ever oh looked. Oh my God. Girl. And her wedding? Wow. <laughs> they compliment each other too. In their they lives. do. Ah! The colors, everything. They just, it works really well. But my favorite look for her in series two is that sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, like early Harashuku girl look. Mm-hmm. it's just I love it it's brilliant it's bonkers her hair is insane and the fact that she always managed to keep her hair in place after she's had sex with Lex which just kind of either speaks to the fact that it, there's not a lot going on or <laughs> she's able to do that hair really quickly afterwards <laughs> oh let's not get started on the makeup and the hair never getting disheveled. <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> and it's all the more noticeable with Tyson because her hair is so elaborate. Yeah. That it's like, girl, how? How is there no frizz? How is there no flyaways? What was Lex couldn't have been doing much because everything is perfectly in place. I guess There's not a crimp uncrimped. It's probably black girl magic. Um to all my sisters out there, we know What's the rule? Don't touch my hair. <laughs> what we're doing? You don't touch my hair. Do you know how much it costs to get done? <laughs> well, I'm not a black girl, but I do have curly hair, and the vibe is the same. Once I've done my hair for an evening night, do not touch it. Don't touch it because no. your hand will get stuck in the product. Okay. Yep. Don't touch my hair. <laughs> if you want this, the hair is off limits. <laughs> I love that. I love that for her. I love that for us. So we've talked about who they are as individuals, but who are they as a couple? They are the epitome of yin and yang, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. They are two elements that balance each other out. Lex's spark and fire and passion. There is not a single emotion that Lex feels that you don't know about. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) He reacts quickly and he erupts quickly, you know, and then moves it for God, you know. Mm. And Tyson, she is water, she is cool, she is distant, she is different. Mm. And he brings passion to her life. He forces her to confront emotions that she wouldn't want that she wouldn't want to feel, that make her uncomfortable and out of control. Mm. He brings that to her. And she tempers him. She calms him. She soothes him. You know, she brings him comfort and solace. They just mesh so well never guess it they're two sides of the same coin yeah no I completely agree and I would actually say it's an interesting dynamic because that sort of fire passion calm water is often usually flipped so it's usually the woman that's quite passionate and the man's not not that passionate and she kind of has to bring him out of himself like you get that manic pixie dream girl and in this way Lex is that for her he is her manic pixie dream girl Their dynamic is very interesting because all of the status that Zandra looked for, that he could achieve, Tysan isn't interested in. She feels genuine want for him. 
mm. an uncontrollable one. She, what she said to uh, Alice always stuck with me. He's everything I've been taught not to be. You know, he's the opposite of what I've been taught to strive for my whole life. He's none of those things that I've been taught to be as a person and to hold myself up to. And I still want him. Yeah. You know, and Alice like, welcome to being a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the deepest relationship on the show and it's the most interesting one. I also think they're they're really compelling to watch because when you have a you know relationships in stories, you want drama. Mm. You know, you need conflict for drama. It makes it fun. It makes it interesting. It makes you invested. You want to see how it's going to work out, even if it's predictable. And Tyson and Lex's drama isn't out of unkind to each other or cruel or disrespecting one another. It's always coming from a, a, a place of love. Like, mm. they love each other. They talk to each other. They communicate. And yet there's still conflict there. You know, you can still have the drama without the couple being toxic for yeah. each other, which is one of the reasons I really love them. There is no toxicity between Lex and Um They don't do things to hurt each other. And they don't purposely misunderstand each other just for the lull. You know, yeah. just because they're bored or whatever. They have plenty of conflict, but it's not toxic or unhealthy conflict. And it often comes from external sources. Right. You know, it's other people who get in the way or other things that happen around their relationship that kind of cause them to not choose the other one. And I think when they don't choose the other one, that's when the conflict comes in. And whereas Lex usually chooses Tysan, Tysan doesn't always choose Lex, which is interesting. I guess it depends on the situation. For example, one could argue where we are in season three, Lex is basically throwing himself at any uh, yeah. X, double X chromosome he can find um, while separated from his wife. He's certainly not choosing her or her feelings. No. But what's interesting is that never becomes a conflict between them because... Well, one, Titan is unaware, and later it's implied she is aware but doesn't care. It doesn't matter as far as she's concerned. Mm. It's like, look, we were in a stressful situation. It doesn't matter. So I think they both take turns in not always choosing the other, but again, I don't think it's coming from an inconsiderate or toxic place. Yeah, because I think Tyson is probably, I mean, I know we didn't have the language for this then, and I'm not sure they could. I think they could probably talk about it now, but I don't think they could talk about it then. But I think she's polyamorous. Oh, yeah. She never believed in monogamy at all. It was confusing no. to her. Yeah. It made zero sense to her that people were that possessive of each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> For their relationship to work, Lex is also polyamorous, but he just needs to let go of the baggage that he feels around that. Own it and we'll be happier. <laughs> polyamorous as much as he's just a misogynist well yeah <laughs> like, like he just he thinks it's okay for him to sleep around because mm. as he says it's different for guys i'm a man mm. i have needs and it's like have you met your wife she clearly has needs okay like are you serious um but the very idea that she might have been getting herself some when he wasn't around oh he can't stand it he can't <laughs> So that's just pure misogyny on his part. Um, he makes it clear, like, when she's like, why are you acting like this? I told you there was nothing physical between us. And he's like, yes, I believe you. And it's like, then that's, he's not worried about that. 
he's bothered by the emotional intimacy mm-hmm. that she's sharing with the guardian because for him he only shares that with her yeah. you know the physical stuff he's like whatever it, you know i fine i believe you that didn't happen but you're too close to him on an emotional level that mm. i can't hate and here i was about to say that alice should be their third <laughs> But, uh, oh, no. I, I, I would have loved that. She deserves better, better than both of them. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. While they're not as toxic as a lot of the, the couples, but where they no, are they toxic are is how they treat other people who aren't yes, each other. Exactly. And, and you and... wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> no, just let them exist in their own bubble. Lex is very obvious when he's trying to take power. He'll just do it with his fists or he'll intimidate you with his words. But Tysan is soft and she'll bring you into her confidence and she'll tell you things that you should need to know about like, oh, this is, you should do this skincare routine or try this, it will balance your chakras, right? And before you know it, you're like indoctrinated. You could see it with Chloe and Patsy when they used to hang out with her in series one and slowly it was all like, let's do martial arts and let's do this and that. And I know it was like a fad for the kids because they were so bored of that shopping centre. But there's also some, like, she seduces you into her mindset. You kind of saw it with Bray when they were making the antidote together and he was her puppet and I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) But if they could get it together, Lex and Tysan, I think they could be really frightening because he has got the, although he always gets his ass handed to him, he's got the sort of streetwise fighty element and she's got the psychology element. And I think they could be really scary. They could. If they were more ambitious or power hungry, they'd be terrifying. Yeah. Like Lex is lazy and she's not very ambitious. Like, no. that's what it really comes down to. Because Lex is super ambitious, but he's lazy. And she's not lazy, but she's not very ambitious. So yeah. it's just, we're lucky they found each other. <laughs> and there's not that much that they want from the world, you know? No. There's very small things. Because they do work really well together. They communicate mm. incredibly well. Have been, from the start, blatant honesty, for the most part. From I mean, at least from her. She was honest with him from the very beginning. And then in season two, Lex starts being honest with her, you know, mm. and and it stays that way. And the way they work through their conflict, you know, and how they team up, they know when to push and pull, when mm. they can't push the other person any further, and when they have to give a little, mm. you know, the way they compromise and work things out. They would be terrifying if they wanted more out of life. <laughs> yeah. They would be an evil king and queen, and she would allow Lex to feel like he's the big man in charge, but mm. everyone would know. It's the queen. (laughs) Actually deciding what he's allowed to get away with. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. And spoiler, but they do bring her back in the last book. Have I spoiled that for you? They failed failed at it in season four. I'm sorry. They 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 or beginning of season five. They failed at it. I hate it. So I (laughs) I have no faith in what they managed to do with her in the book. Well, they ruined everyone in the book, so just imagine her ruined, and there you go. (laughs) For him to make sense, you kind of have to bring Tysan back. I think that's a little bit with Bray and Amber, but both of them kind of had storylines that were separate and made sense for them. 
and you didn't necessarily although the fans would like you to bring Bray back or would like you to be bring Amber back it wasn't a necessity we didn't have to have them but Lex kind of goes off the boil I would say the minute Tyson's no longer on the show I yeah it does feel like they don't know what to do with him without that love story. That love story helped progress him so much as a mm. person, you know, because Lex and Tyson sort of, sort of, they had that good dynamic of pushing the other to be a better version of himself. Even if it was, like, even if for Tyson it was just to set an example to her husband, mm. it did push her to be a better version of herself. Lex mm. wanted to be worthy of his wife, so he pushed himself a better version of himself. And it seems like when uh, Michelle had to leave the show for whatever reason, they didn't know what to do with Lex mm. to help him progress as a person without that. They wrote Tyson as the love of his life, yeah. you know, like the one he was supposed to be with. And they, he was almost fated to ruin without her. Mm. Now, I'm not saying she's responsible for him being a decent person or whatever. I'm just saying yeah. that they didn't know what to do with him after that. No, I agree. The storyline's kind of dried up. I will say this. I hated the Lex and Diva thing for years. Because yeah. I was such a Tyson and Lex. Same here. Same person. here. <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't convince me that this guy would just give up on his wife after mm. what you wrote him feeling for her. I don't buy it. This is just lazy. It's just giving him something to do. He's going to fall in love with one of the people who took her away? Are mm. you kidding me? And has no remorse for it. Doesn't even take responsibility for it. I don't buy it. But I will say years i have grown to have an affection for lex and Steve, and mm. it really does feel like it's a a reboot of he and zondra yes only this time we get to see what would have happened if zondra had had the opportunity to grow up yeah and like you start at a place where both females don't expect much from their man mm. they're just like i'll take whatever you can give me because i want you and i've got my own problems <laughs> for Zondra it was I'm a little girl mm. and I don't want much except a really cute cool boyfriend that's mm. all I want I just want it to look nice and for Siva it's coming out of an abusive relationship straight up like every relationship Siva has is abusive okay yeah. and so she doesn't expect much from Lex she doesn't make any real demands on Lex she's easy compared to Tyson who had freaking standards and expected mm. Lex to hold up to those standards and here comes Siva who's just like just be nice to me please <laughs> just spend time with me hug me tell me you love me or I'll go crazy if you don't you know what I mean <laughs> but Siva has to hit rock bottom and then make a decision like I am not going to take the abuse from all of these people mm. anymore screw you Lex screw my sisters i am gonna i'm not gonna be afraid of being alone anymore mm. i'm not gonna be afraid of trying to make it on my own mm. i don't care if i have the sweet floors it is better than taking your mountains of abuse because i deserve more and yeah. Lex is like holy crap i actually am in love with you now <laughs> holy i like a powerful woman yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hate the way they kill her off because it's just so, like you say, she was reaching this epiphany where she could take or leave Lex and they kind of, whereas they were, I think she had to rely on him after she left the Technos for everything. Finally, they were on the same page. 
she had her job at the saloon she had her friends at the saloon she had a great sort of relationship bubbling away with ruby they had that friendship she had this whole life new life starting and then she gets pulled back into that same ebony java toxic tango and she dies and it's so sad because how I would have liked to have left Siva was that she takes over the saloon or she runs the saloon with Ruby and we kind of leave them and we don't see them again. But we can imagine that they have this whole life after the mole rats have left the city because they're not even in the city. They're like somewhere away from the virus, like when Mega releases that virus, they're far away from that. So you can imagine that they have this whole raft of adventures that are like Ruby and Siva show. And it's, it's a shame that we lost that because out of the sisters, Siva's the less compelling, although she should be the most compelling. I've actually got a real soft spot for Java. <laughs> I think she's great. But by killing her off, it was just so simple. Let's kill her off. Oh no, now let's need the love interest. Let's get him a 12-year-old girl. Let's give everyone the ick, you know. <laughs> Don't remind me. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> we've gone from, I, I mean, whatever you want to say about Zandra, she was an original. And I do agree with you that Siva was kind of Zandra Mark II, but like you say, with baggage, with abuse, with serious adult things that happened to her and her personality was less open. She was a lot more defensive and she, although she loved him, and was prepared to love people, her love was often not reciprocated or thrown back in her or used as a weapon. Because, you know, if you think about Java, she uses the way Siva feels as a weapon against her. And Ebony does it as well. And it's it's really sad. But then we get to Gel or Jell or however we want to pronounce her name. And it's like, this is, this is, just what the show does so badly which is take iconic characters and when the actor has left goes actually we do need a character like that let's just get this one and that's no shade to the actress because I think she did a good job with what she had but it's so bad and it just takes him back to a place before Tyson, before Siva, before Alice and it's it's not even when he was with Sandra. It's just so bad. <laughs> Caleb and Vicky deserved better. Yes. Um, Lex as a character has just just realized, I actually love this woman. I actually want to try and make a go of it. Because before she was a distraction. That's mm. all she was. She was convenient for him. Mm. And as soon as she stopped being convenient, he was just like, well, bye. You know, any time she gave him a bit of, like, she gave him a little trouble, he was ready to drop her, mm. at the, you know, you know what I mean? And she's just like, please don't leave me alone, you know, please. And he's just like, girl, I'm not trying to wreck my life for you. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't, it, it's not that deep. And finally, he reached a point where he's looking at her. He's let Tyson go. He's ready to move on with his life. And he's looking at Siva and being like, I can love you. I do. I, I like R. I feel like I'm finally knowing R without all of that crap that's mm. clouded you and smothered you. And she's looking at him like, we are meeting as equal. I want mm. to love you, but you're going to freaking respect me. And he's like, sure, I'm for that. She's gone. She's taken from him. And instead of 
just letting him grieve that out like he should. Yeah. They're like, yeah, here's a tween for you. <laughs> and and he's like, sure, I- I'll think about it. Really? That's <laughs> so gross. I thought we'd left the rapey days of Lex behind. Yeah. And then Vicky is so good mm. as as the role of Gal. Like like you said, with what she's given. But Gal doesn't make any sense, you know? It, it's like everything, like it doesn't make sense she's still alive, the way yeah. she's presented to us. No, I agree. Like, there's no way way she comes across that she would have lived through everything but time is very strange in the tribe it's very strange five series occur and the way that they write it is it's been months so (laughs) she is written as though the virus just happened a few months ago rather than the years that have passed and she's completely clueless that anything has happened she'd had a protector and that protector had recently something had happened to them they separated or but she doesn't mention anybody taking care of her. No. You know what I mean? No. Safe. And, and it's a shame because literally she, she doesn't fit in the world mm. that she's in. And Vicky is giving it her all. She really is. And she's actually quite funny. Her comic timing is great. Yeah. And she just deserves something better than the same played out storyline we've seen of her falling for this guy and having to learn the hard way that he's not good enough good for her and it's just like how many times are we going to use Lex for that lame ass storyline and why do we have to do it with someone who looks a decade younger than him (laughs) 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 yeah because it's just levels of just it's the ick is so bad yeah and going back to the timeline I just want to say we get that flashback in series five with Slade and with Mega and they look like children and then they look like adults and then Brady is not even talking yet (laughs) surprise Brady's got like she don't want to talk probably smarter than everybody in the room and knows it's a waste of time (laughs) Brady's just waiting for the next person to kidnap her now I want to ask you, what is it about this ship that you enjoy? Okay, I've already talked about the fact that I love that they're not a toxic couple. They actually have a very healthy dynamic. I love the honesty with them. I love the openness. I like how they better each other in so many ways. I like how they complement each other. I, I like the duration they make for the other. It's hard enough to have a healthy relationship when you're an adult. Forget about when you're a friggin' teenager and the world has ended. And there's nobody there to give you advice. I, I mean, on the shallow end, they look freaking gorgeous together. <laughs> I don't think any couple looks as good as these two together. Oh my gosh, I get the vapors. Um, <laughs> I, they have, in my opinion, the hottest kiss the show ever yeah. produced. I really do believe they were the love of each other's eyes. I just wanted now, because I'm going to draw it to a close, because uh, to be honest, I could talk to you about this all night. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to have me come back to talk about other shit. Oh my god, I am going to have to have you because there's a plan to have Sabine on to talk about Jack and Trudy, which is the ship I've never thought about. So we've got, and to be honest, I could just have you back on just to talk about the tribe. Let's just have you back on to talk about the tribe. (laughs) That is a date that's booked in. Because this has been there, absolutely. (laughs) This has honestly been so much fun. (laughs) <laughs> yes this has been wonderful i was a little nervous but i was like well we you know we've talked before i've known you for a very long time yeah this has been so wonderful oh i've loved this thank
thank you. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and just being an amazing guest. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs>